season one of Written in Stone, the 1990s is supported by Tension Climbing, wooden training tools designed with purpose in Denver, Colorado. Use the code STONE, that's S-T-O-N-E, to get 10% off of your next purchase at tensionclimbing.com and to let them know that their support for this show matters. Not valid for tension board sets, hardware, or gift cards. Cannot be combined with other offers. Tensionclimbing.com. Mastery over success. Over 150 days, 250 tries, dedication, perseverance, history. You might say it was in his DNA. If there's one area in all of France that's more storied than any other, more important to the climbing culture, it has to be the Verdun Gorge. Every French legend has made their mark on these perfectly sculpted limestone walls. And you wouldn't be far off if you characterized its climbing as old school. But that also doesn't tell the entire story. And that's because high above Europe's deepest gorge is a cave of epic proportions. And this cave holds the most impressive and most modern of the French test pieces. And in the summer of 2019, Seb Bouin had just finished his project, the hardest in France, but knew he wanted more challenge. And in this cave was another line, yet to be bolted. It was close to his home, the crag he knew better than any other, and it might just be his hardest yet. It might be the hardest yet. So that summer, Seb Bouin put the bolts in and soon began trying the moves. Extended efforts over the next three years followed, but the pinches, tufas, and pockets were about as close to just enough as actually exists, and the code resisted cracking. On a trip in spring of 2022, he spent two weeks getting reacquainted with the moves. By the time good conditions arrived, he felt tired and was getting stressed. But he began up the route and noticed that he felt like he was flying. It was effortless. He stuck the crux and then, as they tend to do, the doubts began to creep in. So much hard climbing to go, so many opportunities for catastrophic mistakes that could end this attempt in a second. But he didn't give in to the doubts. He executed the moves exactly as he had practiced hundreds of times before, and suddenly, he was clipping the chains of DNA, the hardest route in France, and possibly the hardest route in the world. Seb, welcome to Written in Stone. I'm glad we were able to make this thing happen, man. Yeah, nice. <laughs> Thanks to invite me. Yeah, before we get started in talking about Akira, I have a funny question for you. So, Jibé Tribu famously removed a crux hold from Les Specialistas, also in the Verdon, so that Patrick Edlanger couldn't send while he, Jibé, was away. And then he reattached it when he returned so that he could get the first ascent. So the question is, let's say you were working on DNA and there was someone else gunning for it as well. If you had to remove one hold <laughs> and then put it back later so that they couldn't do it, hand or foothold, which hold would it be? Tell me about that hold and why it's important. Um, I think if you take out, like, there, there are two main crooks. If you take out the, the, on the first crux, the left pinch, 
it, it will be super hard to go on the, on the right uh, too far, where, where Jacob Schubert is quite extend on this move. If you mm. take out this one, for sure, no, no chance. <laughs> All right, that that's it then. Take out that left-hand pinch and it's it's nobody. Nobody's doing it. No, no, for sure. But hopefully <laughs> we are living like in a better period for hardcore climbing. Every, everyone is fine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I, I, I would be happy some, to see someone else doing the route with me. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's actually one of the things I appreciate about you and about modern climbing in general is that everybody's so collaborative and working together and working on each other's projects. I think that's really a beautiful thing. Yeah, yeah. I think it's um, a lot of cooperation in high-level climbing today. Um, yeah. And I think it, it's pushing us like far away. <laughs> I was yeah. climbing a lot with Adam and, and also climbers and it was like super inspiring more than competitive. Yeah, I love that. Well, I want to start with your Vintage Rock Tour a little bit. Um, I really loved watching it. And I'll be linking it in the show notes so that everyone listening can go watch it. Um, what made you want to set out on that tour to begin with? Um, well, I would say to know my my history. I'm from France and there is like a big climbing history behind me. And it was super important for me to, to, to discover it and also to meet like the people who made the history. Mm. So yeah, yeah, it was like, I, I need that for growing up as a, a professional climber to to know, yeah, the roots, the the mentality, and, and yeah, the evolution of climbing. Yeah, why did why did you think it was important for you to know that history? Mm, but for for different reasons, like uh, to know like the. the Purely like the, the climbing style, how it evolves uh, in the time, like uh, and, and for grading also, it was super important because um, I did all the routes, all, all the first step in every grade. So it was super important because sometimes it's really far away from the the one we we have, like some eighties from the nineties are really harder than the eighties from now. Um, basically, yeah, there is like kind of hardcore grade in the first uh, 80B, 80, 80C. It was quite hard for, for the time. And then it, it becomes smoother with, with the time and, and the evolution. Now, I think if you compare 80 from Spain and, and the first uh, French 80, it's definitely not the same feeling. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I, I imagine so. Um, France has such a rich climbing history. They were so important, especially in the advent of sport climbing and the way that we're we're engaging in sport climbing now. So that's one of the things I really appreciated about the Vintage Rock Tour was talking to these people who were really inventing the yeah. way that we're climbing now. That was that was really neat to see. Yeah, for me, it was really important because, you know, I'm, I'm not competing. And it's what I am doing, uh, my sport, uh, this, this spirit, you know, this special spirit to be outside with with your friend and, and projecting uh, in s something super hard and, and training around. 
and they they invented this this sport basically. So meeting JB Tribu, uh, Marc Le Menestrel, Antoine Le Menestrel, and, and Fred Ruling and, and other people. Like it was just they just invented the game. So it was super important for me to to understand why and how. Yeah, I love that. And I love that you included Fred in that group. Um, <laughs> I, uh, personally, I didn't uh, meet Fred, but uh, we, we were in contact about Akira and, and the other routes he made. Yeah, I love that you include him in the group of um, the Les Ministrels and Tribu and um, the, the pioneers of of French sport climbing. And I included Akira in this season of Written in Stone, not just because it was a major story and a big controversy in the 90s, but because I really think it was an inescapable and integral part of climbers exploring the ninth grade in the 90s. Like that, you know, he was one of the first people to suggest a big leap in grades like that. And I think that's really important. Um, In 2021, you went and did the second ascent. And after so much controversy around the route what made you want to go and do it well basically we were doing our vintage world tour and, and the goal was to go from the first 80 to the first 90 and akira was just around it, it was like uh, the first 90 was a hug from fred and we say oh we can't go there and 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 don't try akira we have to, to try this this route it's so mythical and and so with a friend like Lucien Martinez, we, he, he's like uh, taking care of the Grand Prix magazine. Uh, we, we went there and we did both of them. So it was super cool because uh, I did like the three routes from Fred, uh, Hugues, De L'Autre Côté yeah. du Ciel and, and Akira. And basically we, we agreed on, on the fact uh, like that these three routes are around 90 and not more, not less. So at the time it was really, good step from the French climbing history. He just invented the three first nineties yeah. in, in the country. And basically Fred was a bit sad that we, we said Akira is basically not a nine B route, but um, be, be behind the grades, there is like this story and this story is so cool. She just push the limit. Uh, even if it's not that hard, it's a really good step for our climbing history, I think. Yeah, I think so too. I messaged a little bit with Fred and um, you're right. He's definitely a little sad that the grade didn't turn out to be uh, what he thought it was. Can we talk a little bit about um, what you think might be in the difference between the grades? You know, I have my own thoughts, but obviously I haven't gone and climbed the route. Um, but I have some ideas as to why the grade disparity might exist. So what do you think is in there? You mean about Akira? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So I think different things, um, uh, before everything, uh, we, we made the route without Nipad. Yep. So it changed. We, we wanted to, to keep the spirit and, and made the same thing that Fred um, so I think our climbing style is basically different than the climbing style, style from uh, the 90s. 
So this changed a lot, I think, because we are used to, to climbing big overhang with drop knee, knee bars and, and, and everything. Then, um, Fred was saying, um, he was not using like a lot of crash pads for, for climbing this route. So this changed a bit because once I just left and fell on the back and I was like, whoosh. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's, 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 it's quite high. I think it's three meters. Ah, uh, three meters, three point five. So mm-hmm. I don't really know in feet, but um, it's quite high. So when you fall, you feel it. Yeah. <laughs> so that that change a bit the, the game, and yeah, I think there is something special when you make a first ascent. Um, you work it more like you you have to believe more on it and. The first ascent process is always harder, and I, I know it perfectly. Yeah. So I can I can imagine there is like uh, you, you can do a mistake on the grade, and this is not a problem. The problem is more like uh, the next ones who don't tell nothing about it. <laughs> so I think every climber should give his opinion on on a grade. Um, that's super important because we are athletes and judge at the same time. So if we don't give our opinion, uh, the graduation of our difficulty in climbing doesn't make sense. Yeah, I think that's really important. I think you just hit on, you know, something that I think this story sort of leads us to when we look at it is that um, Fred might have gotten the grade wrong, but it was really unfair of people to to ostracize him from climbing just because they didn't think the grade could be correct. And in the episode about Akira, I quote Alex Huber talking about climbing, not having referees or judges. Um, But he and many others at the time sort of took the role of judge against Mm -hmm. Fred. And in a climbing magazine interview, you're quoted as saying, our sport is beautiful because we don't need judges. We are the judges. It's beautiful, but at the same time, quite hard in this kind of situation at the very cutting edge. That's why I would love to invite the world's top climbers to come and give DNA a go. Why do you think it took so long for someone to come and repeat Akira, considering its fame or infamy? Um, I may be differencing. Maybe the roots is somewhere not so popular. I mean, um, it's in a cave. You have to find a cave. It's super like dark, <laughs> and, and mm-hmm. yeah, it's n- not so much attractive, I think. Uh, and then it could be a bit um, for 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 the time uh, hard to imagine such a big roof and and yeah, train for this and, and yeah, put effort on, on this thing when um, I don't know, like uh, people are are giving more. Hard roots on, on vertical walls or something like that. Fred's climbing style might have been sort of like the Chris Sharma before Chris Sharma. He was so <laughs> explosive and he had this jumpy style that I didn't see back then. I think it was like a, a, a gymnastic climbing <laughs> yeah. from yeah. Fred and he, he, he was really, yeah, he, it was his things. But um, yeah, at the same time, for me, in, in, about what happened about Akira, I would say too much talk for not enough climbing in the roof, in the roots. Mm. Um, if you want to talk about the route, just go on it <laughs> and then talk. Yeah. 
I, I think also having a, such a big gap between the 9A and, and 9B and not proposing a, 9A plus, it was a bit, yeah, hardcore uh, in, in the graduation yeah. of, of climbing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think so. When you went to try it, did it look like anyone else had been trying it or was it just forgotten no, there no, in that game? forgotten. Like a spider <laughs> on the old. Like I, I took an hour to find the cave, nothing to find mm. the cave. No, no, no. So for sure, nobody wa- was climbing there. Wow, that's fascinating. And it's it's been done a few times since you. I know Lucien did it uh, right after you did. And then I believe someone else has done it since. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, we, we, I think we, there was like a, a wave after, after us, like coming and saying, oh, this route is cool, basically. So yeah. it should be nice to try it. In the episode, I do, I, I talk about, I wish that people had just gone and really put effort into trying the route at the time. And maybe then we would have seen that Fred Ruling might have been the best climber in the world at the time. He was certainly putting up more hard roots than almost anyone at that time. Mm, yeah, in, in his climbing style, I think. Yeah. It, it was not like... Th- th- I think th- that's why other people were saying, hey, you you never repeated any of my roots or you, you never changed your climbing style to do something else. So surely he was super strong in his things, but people were saying just, hey, man, just go, come on, on action direct or or something else. Yeah, that's but, uh, important to point out that he he wasn't as strong in the style of the day. He was his style was sort of ahead of his time. Um, yeah, in terms of what he was climbing on, and you went and like you said, you went and did his other routes. So you did all three of his routes there. Um, from the photos and videos, I know Akira's in a different town, but Eau Claire, where the other two routes are, looks like this little picturesque town surrounded by steep limestone right next to the road is that what it's yeah. like yeah, yeah exactly it's it's quite fun it's, you have not to walk and, and, and there is like this huge and steep uh, overhang where he just basically drilled the old yeah and it, it made something for him <laughs> like something hard and saying oh I want to create the hardest route possible so he did it. So I have no no judgment about about that because it was another time and, and another vision of, of the of the sport. Right. But uh, yeah, he did something spe- spectacular, especially with uh, the lot côté du ciel, where you have like this two finger pocket to get and and then like uh, face to 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 the to the sky <laughs> and and just yeah. cross over on the two finger pocket. That's a super fun and cool route and now iconic route so yeah it's part of our climbing history was was lotracote the hardest one for you of the three no for me it was acura mm. but uh, i made this route with uh, lucien martinez a friend uh, from france and for him it was uh, the lotracote du ciel um, yeah so basically we <laughs> We fa- found a, a consensus on the 90 <laughs> for every route. And I think yeah. it's, it's a right grade, actually, if, if you compare to other routes. And, and, yeah. yeah, I think that's really fascinating that he was putting up those style 9As 
basically in a vacuum, you know, by himself over there in this yeah. little town in France. <laughs> I think it's wonderful. But I mean, I, he he was living there, so he was a bit yeah. his climbing home climbing wall, maybe to train and just like to to create uh, hard roots. Um, when we, when you are living near a crag or near a place, it's I think it's a bit easier to imagine something really above your limit because you don't really care about moving about uh, season. You are just like here and having fun and trying something super hardcore. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that it's you know there must be climbers out there who live in these places that we that aren't part of the, like what the media is paying attention to who are just monsters on their yeah. own, <laughs> their own style at their own area. And we just aren't hearing about them. I think that's really cool. I, I will not try DNA in another country. I think mm. um, it was like near my home and music rock since 10 years. And I was like, okay, <laughs> here I, I, I can process on these roots. Yeah. Who do you think has the best chance of repeating DNA right now? Um, I don't know. <laughs> Only Jacob tried it, but um, he, he he should improve a bit on the knee bars, I think, to to mm. to repeat it. But for sure, Adam has a lot of potential, and it's to every climber, but they need just to re- take the time, you know, and, and yeah. put the effort on it. Yeah, I'm excited to see somebody put that kind of effort in. Um, I think repeating the hard roots uh, is is a really important part of this, not just doing the first ascents of things, but also repeating and consolidating the grades. And yeah, I think yeah. that's, that's ultimately what pushes the sport forward. Yeah, I, and I think it's basically the, what what did Fred Ring. He was like putting his hard root because he, it was his style and his inspiration. Uh, DNA was... My climbing style, but for example, going into bibliography was a, a great effort from my side because it's definitely not my climbing style. And mm. I wanted like, oh, did Alex did something hard in France? I should try it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When when you did DNA, you were a little hesitant to give it the grade that you did, and uh, ultimately, you did give it the the bigger grade. And I'm curious. Why the hesitancy? Um, because I was not sure about myself. Um, mm. uh, um, I never tried seriously silence before, so it was hard to compare because there, there was only 190 on Earth. So giving a grade of 90 is a big... Um, it, it's super important to, to be clear in your mind. So I just take a list of what should... Why ninety plus or one? Why ninety? And I, I came at the end to to the ninety because of like the time uh, and the effort put in uh, more than three seasons and a lot of tries and the climbing style, uh, knowing the crack perfectly and and yeah, and then also all the other routes I graded on, on this crag were never repeated and mm. I think the. The grade is quite hard for for this route, and comparing to this route, DNA should be ninety. So, um, yeah, I, I was like, but even with all these details, it was hard to give it because you know it's something important, and yeah, and I don't want to to be wrong on this. <laughs> so, 
Um, I'm, I'm still pretty psyched to see Jacob or Adam or Alex or someone else trying it and, and giving his opinion about uh, the line and the grade. Obviously, Jacob did it on, on his, like, he tried it, I think, a little week, five days or something like that. He did a video about that and I think, mm-hmm. yeah, he, he gave a bit, at least he, he said the right line is really cool, so I'm happy about that. Um, also, yeah. I think you should try it more seriously to to have a, a clear idea about a 90 or 90 plus, but trying a, a bit uh, big in flat anger and also a bit sail, silence and yeah, um, I think it, it could be 90. <laughs> but uh, as every route, we we are waiting for someone else to to give his opinion. It seems like such a difficult thing at the you know the cutting edge of the sport yeah. to 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 give that grade and i think it's a lot harder than a lot of people think because it's not a sure thing it's not a it's a big responsibility exactly yeah you're you're part of moving the sport forward with with adam and with alex and with with jacob and with everyone else stefano who's who's pushing these grades so i i really think it's lovely that that all of you are collaborating on these things and talking to each other about these things. Uh, and maybe that, maybe that was happening in the nineties too, but it seems now looking back at it, that there was a little more competition and a little less yeah. collaboration. Um, you know, when just before give, I, I, it took some days to, to think about the grade and I just called Adam and said, Adam, I should talk with you because mm. I don't really know. Yeah, there is something I have a decision to take. And so we, I was talking with Adam. I also sent a message to Alex and just, yeah, to, to be open. And, and I think it was, yeah, now it's more about cooperation. And I, and even, even if, I don't know, Jacob Schuber is doing the route and saying, oh, it's more nine babies and I would, I would be happy. I, I, I can't be sad about this. It's just, um, the sport and his opinion. So. I, I, will, I will do the next one harder and that's it. <laughs> yeah, I, I love that attitude, Seb. It's, I think so many people attach the grades to their identity as if it's a, a reflection of them instead of a reflection of the difficulty of the route. Um, so a downgrade almost feels like an insult to us. Yeah, um, and I, I downgraded uh, quite a I don't grade many routes, but not be to be sad, not to be mean, but just to right. be honest uh, with me and 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 the, and the sport. And people was not taking it easy. Like it, it was yeah. just dude, it's just a game. It's just the sport. We are athletes and judge, and we have to give our opinion. And especially if girls. Did the route before? It's super hard to to give an opinion. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because uh, there is like this boys and girls aspect, and it's hard. Uh, for example, I don't know. Don't grade it. La Rambla after Margot did it. It should be right. impossible. <laughs> I, I don't yeah. want to downgrade La Rambla, but <laughs> I mean it's something. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's something harder. Uh, so giving his opinion is not always easy, but it's right. uh, important for the sport. Yeah, and I think I think the way grades work 
if you're giving your opinion, that doesn't necessarily mean that the root is that grade for everyone. That's how it felt yeah, for sure. you. And for Margot, it might have been slightly harder and might still yeah. be the grade that that she took on it. Um, so it's not a it's not against the other climbers. It's just your honest opinion. Yeah, yeah. And and I think yeah, exactly. And I think the grade come from the the sum of all the opinion. So if on ten climbers, one is thinking nine a and nine are thinking nine a plus, the root should be nine a plus. Right, right. <laughs> and and that's why it's super important to give his opinion. If you just take and and say nothing, I mean in in high level climbing, uh, I don't know. I'm going in change and I'm doing change with the knee pad, and I should say hey, for me, it's. It's maybe a bit easier than nine B plus. Sorry, Adam, you're a friend, but right. it's, uh, if you use Nipad, it's like that. Um, yeah, so you should give your opinion, and even if you think it's harder than the grade, maybe. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Have you seen Fred's artwork um, that he makes now? Uh, yeah, yeah, just on the pictures, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I think it's a really uh, great representation of of what happened with this controversy around Akira. Um, you know, I've seen some that are like uh, half stone, half metal, and it looks like, you know, this this creation and he's creating stone. And it it sort of speaks to, um, to the roots there in Eau Claire and to uh, the controversy around Akira. Everyone wondering if he chipped it or if he filled in holds or... You know, there's just, there's so many myths around the root. Yeah, he he's an artist. <laughs> yeah. He's, Fred is an artist, but yeah, I would say controversy for me, I don't really care. I, I just wanted to yeah. see Akira and claim it. So yeah. That's the point. I love that. If you, uh, you, you hear something, you hear like what's happening, but if you accord too much importance of this, Story, I, 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 I don't like this. I prefer like to just go climbing and climb the route and then give my opinion. And that, that's the most important for me. Yeah, I think that's the way to go about it. Um, what do you think Fred means to French climbing history? Um, it's hard to answer because uh, I can't speak for all the climbing history, but for me... I think Fred was like a, a pioneer in his time uh, because he had this uh, feeling that when he reached a level, he doesn't want to to send another route of this level, but just go for the next mm -hmm. level. So he was just trying to find the hardest line and, and the, the most spectacular line. And for me, that's inspiring. So I think somehow he was a big inspiration for everyone, even with this uh, controversy of all these roots, uh, because of like someone coming from nowhere and proposing such hard roots and inspiring roots. You know, it's part of sport, of all sport to be a bit under the radar sometimes, claiming. Mm -hmm. At least in France, climbing came from like the 
underground, you know, <laughs> it was not yeah. uh, polished. <laughs> yep. Yep. And I think a little bit of that competitive spirit is, is important. You know, I think it, it's part of what pushes uh, the, the grades and the difficulty. Yeah, sure, sure. Like if you uh, look at how Bukes was it? Like it was just yeah. a competition, all days yeah. competition. <laughs> but um, I mean, there can be competitive, uh, positive competitive yes. spirit. Um, it's not only negative points. I mean, co being competitive can be really positive. It's just don't be sad and don't be uh, angry about other. Right. When I, when I talked with Adam earlier this season, I, I asked him if having people out there like you and Jakob and Alex Magos and Stefano also doing roots at the same level was something that, you know, lit a bit of a fire under him and, and kept him going. And, and he said, absolutely having those people, not only for the collaboration, but also for the competition was really important. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. I think the, the point of view of Adam and mine are, are quite different because he was the number one, number one for mm. for many, many, many years and still. So he he needs people to push him, you know? <laughs> he yeah. needs people coming for, to him and, and just, oh, I, I have to do harder. So um, I, I'm more from the other side, like uh, this strong people were inspiring me and say, oh, I want to climb as hard as them. Because, for example, in 2013, I was climbing with Adam in Norway one month together, bolting and climbing. And he was just trying 90 plus route and I was trying 90 route. So the gap was huge and it was just inspiring for me like to see this, this strong guy and say, oh, I would like to, yeah. to climb as hard as him or just to, to try this route and, and yeah. I did an episode earlier this season about um, Action Direct versus Hubble. And in that episode, I talked with Alex Magos and Buster Martin, uh, the only two people to do both. And, and the goal was less to decide which was the first 9A, but it was more to point out that the people at the top level at that time were, were all sort of working together to move climbing forward. And to me, it doesn't matter as much who is the best climber as it does that there are this group at the top who are working together to push things forward. And you, over the last few years, have certainly closed the gap between you and Adam that existed in Norway when you were there. Um, and, and now the two of you are up there at the top with a few other people pushing forward. Um, I think that's beautiful. And <laughs> and looking at your last year or two, you've been crushing things. So okay. I, I have to imagine both that competition and that collaboration is is lighting a fire under everyone else. Yeah. Thank you. And um, big big things are coming. <laughs> big projects. Yeah. You've got you've got some big projects in the yeah, works. Yeah, huh? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I look forward to hearing more about them. And I can't thank you enough for doing this and for, for making the time. 
Um, Thank you. And and not only that, but for your vintage rock tour videos as well. They've been so helpful to me throughout this season, <laughs> nice. trying to understand French climbing history. <laughs> um, I think, and your and for your contributions to history, you know, you've you've stepped up and made your mark in French climbing history, and I think that's really important. Um, you're carrying on this image of the legendary French climber that the rest of us <laughs> learned from from Ed Langer and uh, Catherine Destevel and the Les Ministrels. And, and I'm looking forward to a future season of this podcast in which I'm telling the stories of, of your greatest ascents. So thanks, Seb. Um, thank you. <laughs> um, I will try to continue as far as possible. <laughs> One, two. Okay, Written in Stone is produced by me, Chris Hampton, with help from Riley Rush and Emily Holland for Plug Tone Audio, a group of the best, most impactful podcasts in the outdoor industry. At the link in your show notes, you'll find all the things you expect and probably some you don't, including links to Seb's Vintage Rock Tour, which you should 100% go watch. It's a fantastic blend of great climbing and interesting history. And look... This show is 100% rooted in the facts, but like Todd Skinner always said, never let the truth get in the way of a good story. And seriously, if you love what you're hearing, give us those five stars and a glowing review. The algorithm loves it, which means more people find it, which means sponsors will love it, which means we can make a season two. And together, we can tell the stories of climbing's most important ascents, one decade at a time. Donors, I didn't forget about you all last week. Something messed up with the file. I don't know. It's in there now. I don't know if you all saw that in the Patreon, but there actually was a Secret Stoners Club last week, and I just didn't know it wasn't attached to the episode until mid to end of the week. So next time you all are listening and there's no Secret Stoners Club at the end of a regular episode... Somebody yell at me because there's definitely one been recorded. Uh, it just didn't make it up there in the constant uh, chaos of podcast episodes that I have going on over here. Um, honestly, I'm not sure how it didn't because I have it checked off on my list that I put it in there. But, you know, things happen. Anyway, it's there now. And it was a good one. So if you want to go back and listen, you should do that. Um but then again, I think they're all good ones. So it's up to you. You do you. I, I'm not going to tell you how to live. But I will tell you, uh, shout out to John Durham, who is our newest supporter. And uh, John is someone I met years ago in the red. Uh, he was climbing with his son, Jonah, who is just an amazing human. John is an amazing human as well. And John, I appreciate your support. I appreciate you always giving feedback and just being who you are. Thank you. Hope to see you again soon. Also, we've, we've gotten some requests for this. So I went ahead and I created a new $5 tier. That's the rock star tier. 
Um, for $5 a month, you're a rock star. $10 a month, you're a legend. Both of those tiers will be getting the bonus episodes that will start um, shortly after this season wraps up. I have several ideas of things. I, in fact, I have a whole list of ideas. Don't you worry. I could keep us going in bonus episodes for the next several years probably. Um, I'm going to corral myself a little bit. I'm not going to do them all, but I could. Um, and both tiers will be getting all of the bonus episodes. Uh, everybody will be getting some. This Patreon is a free thing. I don't want to leave you all out in the cold. Um, I want you to be able to talk a, about the history and about these things um, that have shaped the way we engage with climbing now for free. It doesn't have to be a paid thing, but uh, money is one of the things that makes this thing possible because I do have a family and a job and I am spending an inordinate amount of time on this thing. Anyway, going on tangents. But isn't the whole Secret Stoners Club kind of a tangent anyway? Is that a tangent to a tangent? I don't really know. I just checked the poll right before I got on here. It's a 52% 80s, 43% 2000s. We've got 91 total votes in there. Thank you all for voting. Also, thank you all for the reviews. I've read a few of them, which I don't normally do, um, but I did read a few and they make me smile a lot. So thank you for the reviews. Particularly, I just wanted to shout out to uh, Sandy Wilder for her review because uh, I remember sharing a cabin with uh, Matt and Sandy in the New River Gorge years ago when Bays was just a tiny little thing. And now he's a crusher who sends all my projects in like uh, on-site or second try. Um, and I'm not mad at him for that. Uh, but Sandy, I'm glad you're you're pushing this thing toward Bayes and and he's enjoying learning about the history as well. Thanks for that. All right, you guys, two days. Wednesday, uh, Jonathan Segrist comes on to the podcast to talk about grades and the challenges of grading because this whole Akira controversy revolves around the fact that Fred gave a grade that people just couldn't stomach. And for some reason, there's a visceral reaction to the number that Fred thought it was and Fred attached to it. And that number is this thing that blew the whole thing out of control. So Jonathan is coming on to talk about the difficulties in giving grades to first ascents and repeats as well and how to downgrade respectfully and how we can better uh, have a better relationship in our climbing with the grades. All right, last but not least, uh, I have several books in my possession. I have some other things we're going to be giving away in my possession, and we're just waiting on a few things from Tension Climbing. Uh, in the meantime, don't forget to use that code STONE over at Tension that lets them know that you appreciate this thing, and uh, they'll be far more likely to sign on for a season two if we make it worth their while. But... Giveaways coming soon. Stay tuned. All right. See you Wednesday.